in God's house, I'm going to give a little recap of where we started last week and, and then we'll go further this week. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about this series. I'm so, so passionate about it because I'll tell you that there are two things that, that really trouble me greatly, two things that, that, that trouble me. One is kingdom illiteracy. We are, we are well-versed in church, but we are ignorant in the kingdom. And the kingdom is actually what Jesus preached. Jesus did not preach church. Hello? Jesus did not preach, quote-unquote, Christianity. Jesus preached kingdom. If you study the scripture, every time Jesus opened his mouth, this thing, this mysterious thing called the kingdom rolled out of his lips. And I, I'm afraid there are two things that, that concern me greatly, kingdom illiteracy, and then also the blindness that comes from dogma and legalism. So we got two blindness. One level of blindness is kingdom illiteracy, and that blindness is based on ignorance. And then we have the other blindness, and that blindness is based on pride. And that's where we get legalism and, and, and dogma and religious dogma. And I think that, that you can always tell when God is up to something when the church is arguing with itself more than society is. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can I talk to some mature people? If you ever want to know, if you ever want to, if you ever want to discern when the Holy Spirit is moving, when God is doing something that is shaking up the earth, don't watch what society says. Don't look at that. Look at the arguments that take place within what that which is supposed to be the church. Mm-hmm. We got people, one gentleman, I want his name is not even worthy of mentioning, saying that women are not supposed to preach or be pastors. Well, we got evidence of that right here in our church that the devil is a liar because we have one of the most powerful pastors on the planet right here in our church in Pastor Sarah. Can we honor and celebrate our first lady, Pastor Sarah? Hello, somebody. Now, if you're trying to tell me that that's of the devil, then I'll just leave the faith altogether. Hello, somebody. Because she's of the Lord, clearly. And then we've got the church arguing about Kanye West. And I want to take a moment to publicly shout out Kanye West. That, let me tell you something. That music is fire. That music has more Jesus in it than some of the Christian artists that are making music today. Hello, somebody. But the church is arguing. Society isn't arguing about it. The church is. So you got to pay attention. Every time you see the church arguing about something, know that God is up to something because the quote on church argued when Jesus stepped on the scene. He was very controversial. So I'm excited about what's happening in the kingdom right now. It's an amazing thing. And the reason why I believe this series called Modern Church is so important is because it is time for the church to understand who she is. And so last week... I'm just going to give a little bit of a recap uh, from last week. So, so last week, as we begin to unpack those first 10 verses, we, we looked at some things. First of all, when I say modern church, and let me say this right away, I'm not talking about new church. When I say modern, I'm talking about what the church should have always been. The church is a spiritual movement, and the spirit is always fresh. The spirit is not dated. The kingdom is never outdated. In fact, the kingdom is ahead of time. 
Are you tracking with me? So when I say modern church, I'm talking about who the church is supposed to be in a modern world. And so I'm not talking about new thing and now we got all of a sudden this new church. No, no, no. It, it, it is what it was always supposed to be. But what happens oftentimes is we turn movements into monuments. The church is a movement. And when you try to frame a movement within the constructs of your understanding, your experiences, your preferences in a moment, you box God. Are you tracking with me? And so, so I'm not talking about something new. I'm talking about what things should have always been. And so Paul, as we're looking at Ephesians 4, Paul talks about having the right attitude. You know, he starts off by saying, I, bes- you know, I want you to walk. You have to walk worthy of this calling in which you were called. That word calling is a Greek word. It literally means invitation. So those of us who are a part of church, we have been invited into something incredible. And as a result of our consciousness of what we have been brought into, we're supposed to walk worthy of it. And then he talks about what walking worthy of such an honor, such an invitation is. He talks about not only having gratitude, obviously, but walking humbly, walking with humility, Walking with honor for other people, right? Walking in forgiveness. And then he talks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So we know that the spirit is united. And so it is our job to fight very hard not to be divisive and not to call out this person or that person or this style of worship or that style of worship. But we are to endeavor. We are to look for ways to bring people together endeavoring, fighting forward. I might not like the way you worship, but you know what? You sure can sing. Or, or I might not like the way you preach, but you sure know how to move. You, you find something, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. And then he goes on and he starts talking about oneness. And he says that there's one Lord, and there's one faith, and there's one. And there's Father, you know, the God who's the Father of all. And then he says something powerful. He says, and through all and in you all. And we talked last week, I'm just recapping a little bit. We talked last week how oftentimes we believe that if someone is different or believes different or thinks different, some sort of way, that is an excuse for division. And so, so you're tracking with me. So in other words, there are people in the kingdom that don't think like you, that don't believe like you, that are part of the kingdom, and God is in them too. And we have to get to a place where we mature in such a way that we recognize that difference is not a detriment. In fact, the reality of the kingdom is it takes all of those parts, it takes all of those perspectives to make up the one. God is bigger than you think. He is bigger than your denomination. He is bigger than your preference. He's bigger than how you think. He is bigger than how you see the world. He's bigger than you. And you have to understand that. And part of, and what that's about is that's what it means when he's talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. The spirit is one. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And Paul finally got to a place where he said, you know what? I I don't claim to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can we just start right there? If we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, one day is coming back. Can we get together and have lunch? So he talks about endeavoring to keep fighting for it. So Paul talked a lot about that. And as you can see, I'm pretty passionate about that. And then, and then we looked at it as, as that text continued to unfold. We looked at Jesus' strategy. It said that he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. 
So, so what Paul is doing is he is helping us to understand that God has a strategy. He doesn't just have us out here doing church and, 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 you know, and, and whatever we do in the name of church for nothing. There's a strategy. There's a strategy in place, and it's a strategy for the redemption of humanity. It is a strategy of, of reclaiming some stuff. It is a strategy of restoration. It is a strategy not only of reclaiming, but it's a strategy of claiming things that we didn't get a chance to claim because of the fall. I'm not just going back to where I used to be. I'm crazy enough to believe that there's some things that I'm, I feel God. There's some things that I missed that I'm getting ready to get. Strategy. This is not loosey-goosey. Everything that God is doing, there is a strategy. You are a part of a strategy. And it's, an, it's a brilliant strategy. And this strategy has factored in yesterday, has factored in today, and has factored in tomorrow. It has factored in times and seasons. It has factored in societies and eras and worlds and ages. It is a brilliant strategy, and it will work if we align ourselves with it. So when we go further today, we're going to look at what I'd like to call the five thrusts of God's strategy. And so if we go to, to verse 11 that we introduced for the first time, it says, and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the edifying of, for the, man, we're going to find that, that verse, verse, verse 11, for the, verse 12, I'm sorry, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So now God, all of a sudden, he introduces the next dimension of understanding about his strategy. And he starts talking about apostles, and he starts talking about prophets, and he starts talking about evangelists, he starts talking about pastors, and he talks about and he starts talking about teachers. And so he introduces what we, watch this, what we have assumed were people. And when you look at that verse, you can't think people. You have to think thrust. You have to think graces. You have to think weapons. You have to think about the how that God's going to do it. Because when we start talking about apostles, we're not talking about Apostles per se, we're talking about what I'd like to call an apostolic grace, a grace, because apostles have an assignment, but it's not about a person, it's about a function. You, you got to understand this. In the kingdom, it is never about people. It's about function. It's about a grace, a grace that People operate in, but it's never about the person. God will use anybody. That's why God used an ass in the Bible. He used a donkey for those of you that, that troubled you, okay? He used a donkey because, because it's never about the vessel. It's about the effect. It's about the impact. So, so, so I want to actually show you something as it relates to strategy. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, I teach today, by the way. I want to teach today. Because we, we can't be a kingdom illiterate church. We'll miss it. We'll miss it. 
So in Ephesians 2, verse 12 through 22, look at this. It says, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, watch this. This is important. Having been built on the foundation, say foundation. Having been, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In Hebrews, he's called the chief apostle. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. There's a lot in there. A lot in there. This is about strategy. First of all, I love what he says. He says, being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. This is what the church is. The church is something that God's building. We're going to talk about how he's building in just a second. But it is something that God is building, watch this, so that God, so that we can be God's dwelling in the spirit. Oh, God, I feel this. It, notice it says in the spirit, not in the building. He, he, he's saying that, that we are the building and God's vision for us is so that we, you and I, in the kingdom will be God's dwelling place in the spirit so that God can produce things in the natural. Mm, you don't you get this today. You don't get this today. You don't get this today. So, so, so I'm not, I, I am a part of something in the spirit. And we know that everything that is worthwhile in the natural first begins in the spirit. So there are things that God sees in the spirit that he wants to see in the natural. And he has called us to be his agents of manifestation of the things that he sees in the spirit into the natural. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 8 that all of creation Everything that has been created is eagerly waiting, watch this, for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, for us to be manifest into who we truly are. But one of the things that God showed me is that not only is it about the revealing of us as children of God, but it's also about what we are supposed to reveal in the earth. Mm, I'm looking for two or three people that will go deep with me today. Because here is the thing, when God looks at the earth, he sees things that he has seen and that he has ordained that isn't there yet because the sons haven't awakened to who they're called to be and they have not called forth those things that God sees. So it is not simply the revealing of us, the becoming is only part of it, but when we become, we will begin to reveal what God has seen in this place. And that's why I thank God for people who are thinking outside of the box, manifesting things like church in the wild. I'm not mad at Kanye at all. I'm glad 
that somehow he circumvented the system of legalism and dogma and which leads to mediocrity and some sort of way he said you know what I don't need four walls I am the church and every place I show up and declare that Jesus is Lord I am establishing something and now the world is looking maybe he has a deeper revelation than you and I uh huh split the room right in half that's what Jesus did I know what I'm talking about there's a hidden glory in the earth there are things that God sees and while we're having church there are things that God has ordained to sprout up to advance the kingdom but we won't see it until we first see us. Are we tracking together? Uh huh. God's strategy is that we would be a dwelling for him in the spirit. Because from the spirit, we're going to create stuff in the earth. And it's going to be wonderful. Can I go further? So, that thought obviously is there. And then, in verse 20... He starts talking about the apostolic grace and the prophetic grace. We'll get into the prophetic grace next week. I want to deal with the apostolic grace. He says, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So this strategy, what, what God is doing, he's building this church, and this church is a holy dwelling unto himself. But he says, it is built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, but let's just go apostles. The, 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 it's being built on the foundation of the apostles. Who are the apostles? What are the apostles? What is the apostolic grace? Simply put, the apostles are foundation layers. It starts, Jesus was an apostle. It's a Greek word, it literally means one cent. One cent. They are the pioneers. Hey. They're the ones who aren't afraid to, to go. They're, they're the ones who have a vision and realize that they're not waiting on somebody else to make a path. They're going to make the path themselves. These, they're, they're, let, let's talk about them. They're, they're the foundation layers. They're, they're, they're the pioneers. They, they are the builders. And it's funny, you, you hear pastor often. The term pastor, you hear minister you hear the good reverend? <laughs> yeah. I got ordained, licensed, I was Reverend Roberts. And that's wonderful. I'm not knocking it or whatever, but I'm saying, we, let me just move out, let me move on. But <laughs> and that's all wonderful. I did, listen, revered, whatever, that, that's, that, that's all wonderful. I don't go by that now. Uh, but, but where are the apostles? If, if these people or if, if those who function in this grace are so important, where are they? Who are they? We hear pastor, we hear minister, we hear all, where, where are the apostles? They typically fall into three categories. Let me give you those categories really quickly. They are either misidentified, mischaracterized, or missed altogether. 
misidentified, mischaracterized, or missed altogether. I can tell you, I can give you a little bit of insight practically about apostles. There's a gentleman by the name of Craig Groeschel. He would probably would never call himself an apostle. But one of the things that that pastor, not, but whatever, Craig Groeschel has done is he's created, he created the multi-site infrastructure. He's one of the pioneers of the multi-site infrastructure and consequently has the biggest church in America, but it's in multiple campuses. I think he has 30, 35 campuses. And it's all through video streams. So he has multiplied the kingdom through technology. He and his partner, Bobby, and there's a pastor there with him. Also, the Bible app that many of us have that we've downloaded or whatever. And now I think that they have well over a million, probably multiple million downloads of this app. These are the apostles. He laid a foundation we're using right now. We're using multi-site technology right now. Because of somebody who went out there when, when people were saying, this is probably crazy, what are you doing? People will never experience someone on a screen, and it's happening. The largest church in America right now has the, the majority of its campuses are on screens, all of them. Are you tracking with me? So, so you know, things like that. Um, pioneers. I'm thinking about Dr. Fred Price. And Dr. Fred Price came, and he started teaching when everybody else was shouting. And he came teaching line by line. So the, and literally, he's called now Apostle Price. Bishop T.D. Jakes is another apostle. Not only multiple campuses, and that's our, yeah, come on, that's our father. We're worthy. We'll take a minute and honor him. But, and he was apostolic. He was apostolic also in a different way in that he said that you don't have to just be a preacher. But you can be a producer, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be in real estate, you can be an author. You, they weren't doing that back then. So these are pioneers and they lay foundations. I am walking in the foundation of Bishop Jakes. I'm walking in the foundation of Apostle Price. I'm walking in the foundation of Dr. Jack Hayford, who married the spirit when everything was all conservative and ultra evangelical. He married the spirit into that. And so, so, so their foundation layers, however, however, the Lord showed me something about the apostolic grace that I think is important and worthy of us talking about. And this is what I mean by mis, misidentified. As I was studying this and praying through this, one of the things that God said is that when you ask the question, where are the, are the apostles? Here's the thing. A lot of apostles are misidentified because they are entrepreneurs. And they're business people. And no one ever told them that the, the apostolic grace is a grace that lays a foundation. Here's what I mean. If you look at the infrastructure of today's world today, if you look at the infrastructure, think about this. The infrastructure and systems that are in place right now are the internet, social media, technology, all these sort of things. This has become the infrastructure of the world, and these things were not started by preachers. Oh, you, you're going you're gonna to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to get this. Right now, this message is being streamed to thousands of people. We have over 300,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Hello, somebody. Over 300. You add the campuses together, closer to 350. Thousand, 350,000. People that said, I want to hear the, from all over the world, that say, I want to hear the gospel 
through you guys. We have the gospel, but if we did not have the infrastructure, by the way, which the church did not lay, then what God wanted to build would not be built or would not be as effective as it is. So here is the thing. There are people who are apostles, but the church told them, no, you need to come and sing in the choir. You need to come and pick up a microphone and preach. And the apostolic grace got pushed out into the world. And now the church is playing catch up when we were supposed to own it. Somebody better catch what I'm saying. The foundation of the world right now is technology. Watch this. Personalities, watch this, do not establish culture. Infrastructures do. Systems do. That's why you can be as passionate about the the racism in the criminal justice system or racism wherever you might find it, but smart people are saying, oh, no, 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 this is a systematic thing. I've got to get in there and change the system or nothing will move. I can be passionate. I can have a loud voice. It's about infrastructure. And that's what the apostolic grace is, it's about foundation because God understands that nothing will move without an infrastructure. It will come and it will go. Ferguson will come and it will go. Black Lives Matter will come and it will go. Equality will come or it will go. It will come and go unless there are changes in infrastructure. So where are the apostles? Many of them are entrepreneurs. Many of them are called to politics because we are foundation layers. Can we talk like this today? I want to affirm some people here today. You don't think that there's a place in the kingdom because you're called to fashion or because you're called to business or because you're called to technology. And I hear God saying, that is not true. That's the part of the apostolic grace. I'm looking for you. You are who I'm after because God wants to build the kingdom on you. He wants to build the kingdom on you. You're going to lay the foundation. Three categories. The miscategorized. These are, are pastors that are really apostles, but their churches won't release them. We talked about the misidentified. Now we're talking about the miscategorized. The miscategorized our apostles, and the churches want to be babysat. Uh -oh. They want to be babysat and breastfed. No, no, don't, 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 don't go to the nations. Even though you're called to the nations, even though the nations are inside of you, even though before God formed you in your mother's womb, he, he called you to the, no, no, don't do that. Stay here and hold my hand. Can I, can I talk to you? I'm so grateful that that's not the case in any of our churches. No, 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 no. Don't, don't go and be great. 
Don't, don't go and, and, and change a nation. Don't, don't, don't go and, and do business. Don't, don't go and produce television shows. Don't, don't, don't go and do conferences all over the world that are setting women free. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Stay here with me and hold my hand and preach the same message to me over and over again because I didn't quite understand what you meant. Can we have a real conversation here today? And so there, there are apostles in pastor's clothing because the sheep, watch this, will not grow and be who they're called to be. Let me tell you something. When God gave us Denver, Colorado, man, I saw the leaders in this church step up and become things I had never seen them before. We have got incredible pastors in both campuses, in Denver, in LA, online. I mean, it's crazy. And if I had remained pastoral in my mentality, small-minded in my mentality, not only would the nations that were inside of me miss what God has placed in me, but those who were ordained to step up could not have. I'm so grateful for what God is doing in Denver. Our pastors are stepping up and they're, they're teaching on Wednesday nights and they're preaching. We ordained seven pastors here in LA. That's kingdom, baby. That's a kingdom mentality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I feel as if you're watching via live stream, if your pastor is an apostle, let him be an apostle because if he is an apostle and he releases what is in him, then everything that's assigned to that local congregation is going to be realized in ways that could not have transpired otherwise. I got to get through this. Are we tracking? So they're misidentified. They're entrepreneurs, but no one ever told them. They're entrepreneurs in technology and business, but no one ever told them. They're, they're called to the marketplace. They, they almost feel guilty. They almost feel guilty for having a knack for business. When you think about the apostles that Jesus called, the majority of them were business people. They were fishermen. One guy was a tax collector. Hello, somebody. They had business acumen, and these were the apostles. Why? Because God... Having a gift to preach and all that kind of stuff is wonderful, but if you have no microphone, if you have no internet, that is fantastic, but you're only going to reach a certain amount of people. And how many of us know God is a big old God? He is a global God. You're looking at two or three thousand. God is looking at six or seven billion. And we're going to pray, and I'm going to pray for entrepreneurs in, in just a minute because this is so important. I'm talking kingdom. I'm talking kingdom. This is different because it's kingdom. We talk church too much. I'm talking kingdom right now because God has a strategy. He's trying to build something. He is building something, and he has to build something big enough to shift and shape society. And it's going to be more than your good message. It's going to be what your message is packaged in. It's going to be in, I feel the Holy Ghost. Something's happening in this room. There's something coming alive in the people that are in this room. I cannot wait. This is such an important series. They're misidentified. They're miscategorized. And then some are missed altogether. I'm thinking about Mark Z, who founded Facebook. Mark Z. I'm thinking about Jeff B, Amazon. I'm thinking about these people. And I'm thinking about how did we miss them? I, I, 
if, if Mark would have heard this message in Sunday school. You, really, you like technology? You like science? You like math? You like, really, you're, and your brain is working that way? Instead of trying to put them in a, in a box? <laughs> Instead of trying to make them a choir boy, an altar boy? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Instead of saying these are the only few options for somebody to be called, you're either going to preach, you're going to go to seminary. Some people call it cemetery. I don't because there's value in it as long as, you know. I know a good one that's called Jake's Divinity School. Come on, somebody. That's trying to turn the tide, trying to balance theology with spirituality. But, but, but think about it. Look, look at the choices we gave people. You feel a call? That's why I'm doing call leaders. Because I want to show people, yeah. Because I want to show people that there's, there's a gazillion different ways to walk out a calling and still be kingdom effective. But I'm just thinking, what if, what if, what if baby, baby Mark was in your Sunday school class? And he was saying, I love numbers. All I see is numbers. <laughs> I love linking people together. And what if I were to say, well, maybe you're supposed to build something. I think I should go to, to seminary to find God. No, I think you need to go to business school, to Harvard and technology to find God in a way that maybe you didn't think you could. He's bigger than what you think. And I believe there's some Mark Z's in here right now. So I believe the next, I believe the next are in this room right now. It's not too late because listen, God's doing new things. And if we tap into, we're going to pray in a minute. If we tap into the apostolic grace, the apostolic grace is a breakthrough anointing to lay down foundations, systems, and structures that the gospel can be carried upon. Because if there is no railroad, there is no freedom. If there is no structure, if there is no infrastructure, if there is no foundation, technology is a foundation, social media is a foundation, millions of people, millions of impressions every week because of social media. What if we own that? Right now, the church is borrowing infrastructure. And the crazy thing with that is that if ever the owners of that infrastructure decided Against the church, the church would be shut down because no one told little cute little Mark that he was an apostle. That there was this thing called the apostolic grace. I want to pray for you. I want everybody to stand. Denver, L.A., stand. I sense by the Spirit of God that, that these words 
are deep calling to deep. Deep calling to deep. And you're in here and God's been touching you. He's been touching you. And you're trying to understand what do I need to do? Do I need to preach? Do I need to, you know, I don't know what I need to do. But I, I know I need to do something and I have something. And you're looking at your leaders, you're looking at those in the kingdom, watch this, who are being highlighted. And the ones that are being highlighted are not even the ones who've laid the foundation. They're the ones who have taken advantage of the foundations that were laid. You don't, many of you have never heard of Craig Rochelle. You know our, our friend Stephen Furtick. But Stephen Furtick was Craig Rochelle's protege. So sometimes we're looking at one thing and we're saying, I can never measure up to that. You're not supposed to measure up to what you're not called to. But you will fully measure up to what you're called to. The apostolic grace is not about a person. It is about a thrust. It is about an ability. It's about a strategy. It's one of the five graces that are in God's strategy. Business owners can be the greatest ministers ever. Businesses have influence. Businesses shape politics. Hello? That's what lobbying is. Lobbying says, because I have this business, I have power. I have infrastructure. I need those laws to work for me. So I need those taxes to come down. I need those regulations to be loosened. That's power. Because they have tapped into the apostolic grace and used it for their own lining of their pockets. And the church has to be woke. You're trying to be a preacher. You're supposed to be a tech entrepreneur. Maybe you are supposed to be a preacher, but let me tell you something. You can preach through tech and the world will hear it. Hello, somebody. If Jesus was building the church today, and he is, Who do you think his apostles would be? Preachers? Preachers didn't build the internet. Preachers was hating on the internet when it first came out. Well, that's the devil. You gotta stay off the internet. <laughs> I'm trying to help us to understand and to see what the kingdom is all about. I don't want you to feel guilty that you don't want to sing. Now, if you're anointed to sing, you better get up here. I'm so proud of my son leading worship for the first time today. I'm proud of my son. And he's got that in him and so much more, all of my children and all of you. I'm not dissing anything, but what I'm doing is I'm highlighting what has been missed. 
And I believe there's an anointing here. There's a grace here today to fall on you because now you have an understanding. And now you can believe that, oh, man, I can do business and still be a believer. You're supposed to do business. Jesus said, do business until I return. He calls business people. These were entrepreneurs. They were fishermen. This was their livelihood. And they just took that and gave it to him. He said, you're a fish, you're a fish. Now I'm going to realign you. You're still going to be a fisherman, but you're going to be a fisherman of men. It's going to be for my glory. I feel the Holy Ghost on this. And if you will commit your business to God, you will commit your business to the kingdom. The apostolic grace will come upon your business and make it beyond what you ever thought it could be. The apostolic grace will come upon your idea. You say, God, it's for you. Not because I want to be rich. This is hard stuff here. Not because I'm trying to get rich, because naked you came in and naked you're going out. Hello, somebody. All of us come in naked and all of us leave naked. But this is so that I can establish a foundation by which the gospel can reach the ends of the earth. In Matthew chapter 24, when it talks about the end days, they said, how will you know that the end is coming? And Jesus goes through this list, earthquakes, you know the story, wars, rumors of wars, all that kind of stuff, you know the story. But then it says something that's very peculiar right in that same context in Matthew 24. He says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations. The whole context there is that things will be happening in greater frequency and intensity. And he says, and this other thing will be too. And the gospel, some sort of way, is going to be preached and heard and go further with greater frequency, 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 and intensity. How is that going to happen? I believe it's because the church is going to get a hold of the apostolic grace. And we're already seeing it. And we're going to start building things. We don't need more churches. We need more infrastructure. We need more systems. And that's why you're here. If this is resonating in your heart deeply, I want you to come meet me at this altar right now. I want to pray for entrepreneurs. I want to pray for, there's something, there's like a light bulb going off. And here is the thing. Look at you, look at you all over this room. Look at you, look at you. If you're watching via live, come on, Denver, I see you coming as well. Come on. This is, I tell you, the enemy's fighting over this. He doesn't care about church. This is kingdom. This is different. He'll fight you over this. It's infrastructure. Everything moves. Everything moves. Infrastructure. Everything. I pray for you. Apostolic grace. They lay foundations. They lay foundations. You can't have a house without a foundation. That's why the apostles went first. To create a way. I feel this. There are generations relying upon you getting your business together. Getting your business together. For some of you, because you're aligning in this way, creativity and innovation is going to hit you. 
relationships and resources. He's going to give you the tongue of the learn. All of a sudden, you who felt so unqualified are going to begin to attract resources. Because this is what kingdom people are talking about at a very high level. And there are many who have the resources but not the strategy. And they're waiting for someone to open their mouth and expose them to the strategy so that they can release their resources. They're pregnant resources. You are hungry for resources. They are, their, their breasts are swollen with the milk that you need. And they're going to burst because they've got the milk and you're going to starve because you're hungry. So what is happening here is now there is going to be an alignment with your understanding. You can tap into that grace. Wisdom is going to hit you. Insight is going to hit you. You're going to begin to attract other team members. And when your sound is released, it's going to release the milk. And people are going to fund your vision because they're kingdom people that will only move by, will only move, can only be moved by kingdom vision. They're kingdom people that can only be moved by kingdom vision. And so you're saying, I can't do it, I don't have any money. And, 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 and they're saying, I can't do it, I don't have any vision. Everything that we need is in the kingdom. That's why he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. You got it. I see a turning point. I see a shift. God, I didn't know that you called entrepreneurs too. I thought that was my side hustle. No, God says, that's what I'm using. That's what I'm using. That's what I'm using. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, you're like, look, that's that, that part there, I'll, I'll catch up with that. But I know I want to be a part of the kingdom. And wherever, however you want to use me, God, I, I, I'm with it. But I, I just, I want to give my life to you. I want to, I want to open up my heart to you and let you come in. And then we'll figure everything else out later. But I know I need something more than what I have. If that's you, I want you to come meet me at the altar as well. Come forward. I see you, Denver. LA, come forward. If that's you. Come on. Let's just get it. Let's just get it together. Let's just get it together. Let's, let's, everybody got to start somewhere. Let's just get it together. I, I want to, I want to feel loved. I, I want to feel forgiven. I don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to feel like I'm by myself. If that's you, I want you to come meet me here at this altar right now. Come on. Just get close to me. If you're here and you say, I know the Lord, but I need to come back home. I need to come back home. Life is crazy. This world is crazy. I need to come back home. If that's you, I want you to come meet me here as well. Just meet me here at this altar. We're going to pray. Father, thank you so much for this moment that you've allowed us to be in. And God, you're teaching us something. You're showing us something. You're opening our eyes, God. God, you are the God of strategy, the God of strategy. And you've got a strategy, God. And well, we talked about a lot of things, Lord, but this, this apostolic grace, this grace to lay a foundation, a foundation in the earth that the gospel, be, gospel can be carried upon, God. 
I hear you loud and clear. God, I want to be a part of that apostolic grace. And there's some in here right now and they've got ideas and they've got businesses and they've got things that you've placed in their heart and they thought it was for themselves or they thought it was something on the side, God. But you say, no, 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 no. I want to use all of that. And God, because we have that understanding right now, we bring our ideas, our talents, our gifts to you. And we lay them at your feet. We commit our businesses to you. Your word says in Proverbs 16 and 3 that if we commit whatever, it says whatever we commit to you, if we commit unto you our plans, they will prosper. So we're laying them down right now, God, not so that we can be somebody, but that you can be somebody through us, through the foundations that we lay, God. Father, there's some here today, God, that didn't even know this. They're, they're future Mark Z's in here right now. Yes, they are. The future foundations are in this room right now. And industries known and industries not yet perceived. They're in this room right now. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a release of the apostolic grace in the kingdom that's assigned to your sons and daughters right now. I pray, God, that you would begin to haunt them with ideas and haunt them with vision and haunt them with insights. God, I pray that you would confirm this word over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. I thank you, God. I see trees springing up right now. I see trees planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth their fruit in every season whose leaves will not wither and whatever they do shall prosper. And I plead the blood of Jesus over each of them, over their hearts and over their minds, God. And I thank you for this generation of world changers and world shakers that you are raising up now of foundation layers and the gates of hell themselves will not be able to prevail. And Father, I thank you for those who are opening their hearts up to you for the very first time. I pray, God, that even as you said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, you said I will come in and have an exchange with them. I pray right now, sweet Jesus, even the way you did in my life when I was a little boy and then later when I was older, God, I thank you right now that you're entering into your sons and daughters and you're going to seal them with the Holy Spirit of promise and they will never be the same again because they said yes to you. You're going to open doors for them that no man can shut. You're going to shut doors that no man can open. You're going to go ahead of them and make all their crooked paths straight. You're going to give them victory and their purpose and their destiny is going to unfold from strength to strength and glory to glory. I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I receive it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I embrace it. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for making him who had no sin, all of mine, all of my weakness, all of my shortcomings, and all of my limitations. You placed in his body, nailed it to the cross, and put it to death. And just as God was raised up, just as Jesus was raised up, free and victorious because I'm in him I'm raised up too and I'm on my way 
from level to level and from glory to glory. And I receive every grace that's assigned in my life to make me who you've called me to be and to advance your great kingdom in the earth. I cannot be shaken. I will not back down. I will not bow down. I'm on my way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate God. Thank you, Jesus. I see you, Denver. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship just for a second. Come on. I see the apostolic grace falling in this house. I see the apostolic grace falling at the altar right there.